0: Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right. I call this segment dealer's choice. It is my favorite, I think, most talkable topic of the day. By the way, coming up uh, sometime this hour, we are going to be giving away, all right, this WTMJ Run the Table Tailgate Prize um, from Bunzels, um, old-fashioned Bunzels. Bunzels. Well, it's B-U-N-Z-E-L, Bunzels, Old Fashioned Meat Market and Catering. We'll be giving away uh, actually one of the prizes every day on my show this week, and we'll be giving it away sometime during the course of this hour. Also, sort of a special programming note, this is sort of interesting, uh, WTMJ Today, which is the program that's gone into my time slot from noon till 3 with uh, Eric Bilstadt and interim host John Jagler tomorrow. Tomorrow, uh, Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett is going to be co-hosting the program. So that'll be interesting. Tom Barrett coming in to co-host that program. Outstanding. All right. 414-799-1620 is our number. One of the key aspects of the Donald Trump campaign. Well, early on was, first of all, the claim that we are going to deport everybody who is in this country illegally. If you're a regular listener to the show, that gave me a lot of pause. Uh, the, the idea that you know how are we going to round up 11 million people? And as somebody who worked in the criminal justice system for years and years, it, you don't have enough immigration judges. You don't have enough prosecutors to, to do this. Trump has backed off that claim somewhat. And now says he's going to concentrate on the people who are in this country illegally who are committing crimes, which to me makes a lot more sense. The other aspect of the the Trump immigration plan is his claim that we are going to build a wall along the Mexican border. We're going to build this wall. And the idea being, all right, it's going to be this impenetrable wall that people will not be able to get around or over or under or through or or whatever. And he also said that, don't worry, American taxpayers, it is not going to cost us anything because I am going to make Mexico pay. Now, Mexico has been essentially laughing at us, saying there's no way we're going to pay for this blanking wall. (laughs) I I think that that is essentially what, what has been said. Uh, Donald Trump over the weekend was asked about the wall, and he says, well, okay, here's the deal. Mexico is going to pay for it yet, pay for it. They're going to pay for it. Believe me, they're going to pay it 100%. They don't know it yet, but they will pay for the wall. They're great people and great leaders, but they will pay for the wall. Trust me. However, he says in the interim, while we're trying to figure out how to make Mexico pay for the wall, Trump says we— being the U.S. taxpayers, we are going to pay for the wall. We're going to put the money up front, but don't worry, we're going to get reimbursed. Now, the cost of building a wall along the border, the southern border, it depends on how big the wall is going to be. It depends on a lot of details, but the estimates are that it will be at least four B as in billion dollars. And it could be as much as $10 billion, depending on the details. Other people say it might even be higher than that. And, of course, you've got logistical issues as well, because there's some areas of the border where uh, very, very remote. And there's questions about whether it's even possible to construct this. But it now appears to be a certainty that Donald Trump wants to start the construction of the wall and have the U.S. taxpayers pay for it. At least up front, with the promise that he will figure out a way to make Mexico pay for the wall somewhere down the line, all right let's open up the phone lines. Our numbers are four one four seven nine nine one six twenty eight hundred eight seven seven one six twenty that's the acuant mortgage toll free talk line all right the, the campaigns are over. it is now settled we, we know. Who controls Congress? We know who the president is going to be. So, the campaign issues and some of the promises people are going to be able to deliver on, some they are not. But here is my question. If the American people, at least up front, the taxpayers are now going to have to shell out, for the sake of argument, let's say it's $10 billion. Might be less, might be more, but let's say it's $10 billion. We're going to have to shell that out to build a wall along the southern border with the. Hope that somehow we're going to figure out a way to make Mexico pay for that. Is it still worth going ahead and starting this if it requires a major U.S. outlay of capital? Do we need to really build the wall, and should we be willing to pay for it up front? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll Free Talk Line. We are back to discuss in two minutes. If you're on the line, please hold on. 1013, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ it's 10 15 Jeff Wagner 620 WTMJ the Bucks head to the Lone Star State to battle the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow evening Ted Davis will have the call from ATT Center beginning with our buckshots pregame coverage 710 here on WTMJ okay over the weekend Donald Trump says well I, I want to start building the wall I want the U.S. to commit However many billion dollars, some people say it could be four, some say it could be ten, some people could say it'd be a lot more. Trust me, we'll pay for it up front, but I will make Mexico pay for it. All right, given the fact that we don't have a definitive plan to make Mexico pay for the wall, and even if we did, do we really need to build a giant wall along the Mexican border? Let's start with Clint in Bayview. Clint, you're first. Good morning
1: morning jeff thanks for taking my call yes, sir. by the way great job on your new time well, thank
0: you i'm enjoying I, other than when the alarm goes off at five fifteen in the morning i am enjoying this right. immensely
1: <laughs> no no i understand that uh yeah i was uh to me this kind of reminds me of those multi-level marketing schemes <laughs> uh you know i've got a couple acquaintances on facebook you know they're bought buying into these you know Energy drinks, whatnot, trying right. to sell it to their friends, get their friends signed up, and to me, that's what this is. You know, we're we're buying into the product, the wall, uh, and and Donald Trump is saying, "Oh no, trust me, you know, once we get other, you know, the Mexican people, you know, on board, they're going to be paying into it." But that's obviously no guarantee. Um, that's just kind of what the whole thing sounds like to me, and I'm honestly coming from Trump, that is no surprise. See, but,
0: do, uh, do you think a wall? Uh, it, it let let us just say assume for the sake of argument that you could build this giant wall. Do you think and we'll, we'll, we'll figure, forget who's going to pay for it? How we're going to get the billions of dollars? Do you think that would really stop our problems with immig- illegal immigration?
1: No, absolutely not. I, I I don't think the wall is what we need. I think we need to enforce the existing laws that are already there. Uh you know people and and. People who are not criminals, you know, who who want to come over, you know, go through the process uh, legally. Um, But I think that's what you do—you enforce the laws that are there. This wall has always been just a crazy idea, in my estimation.
0: Thanks for calling, Clint. You know, it's interesting when when I first heard President-elect Trump talking about a wall, I thought he was using the term as a metaphor. You know, with the idea of here we're going. You know, I I mean, candidly, like fixed emplacements. You know, went out of style. You know, once you had. Once you start to have airplanes and stuff, I thought maybe what he was referring to is, hey, we want to have we want to we want metaphorically to to build a wall. We want to put more border agents down there. We want to increase our electronic surveillance. We want to increase our you know our our flights. We want to do all this type of stuff to to catch people where they're they're coming in and these areas where you're crossing, as opposed to simply a wall, which candidly, in many respects, I think is going to be largely symbolic, especially in some of these areas where people don't cross because the terrain is inhospitable. Um, but I, I think President-elect Trump is serious about a wall, Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. and now it appears that we're at least going to have to pay for, up front, billions of dollars to build the wall if Congress will go along. Mike in Whitefish Bay. Mike, good morning.
2: Morning, Jeff. Hey, um, I, I think that this is not a good idea. Um, if, if we're talking about four to ten billion with a B, that's yep. a lot of money. Uh, and people who are coming across the border are um, looking for jobs, and most of the time. Uh, and so, if we can go after the employers or anybody right. who employs them, uh, and, and tighten up the fines or the, the, the way that they could get penalized, I think we could shut off a lot of that flow. And if we could open up maybe temporary. You know, six months or three months um, work passes to come into the country with some type of a, a catch to make sure that they're, they're going back. You know, you get a lot of these migrant workers are coming in for the, the, the growing seasons and they work six months or whatever and then they end up staying here. But if we could tighten that up, that would be great. Um, and if we're going to actually build the wall, I say we hire the Mexicans because they're going to be cheaper than uh,
0: hiring any U.S. contractors. So, like, you, you know, <laughs> you know, Mike. I guess I, I'm 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 trying to be reasonable about this, and I understand there's this great symbolism with with build this giant wall. But candidly, if we're talking about four, five, ten billion dollars, and you were saying to me, Jeff, we're, we're going to commit. billion to try to, you know, deal with illegal immigration, how would you spend it? Well, I'm with you. I mean, I I would spend it on putting more money into what you're talking about. Okay, let's concentrate, let's crack down on, let's let's spend it on enforcement, you know, employers that are hiring people who aren't supposed to be in the country. Let's spend it on more agents and more electronic surveillance and more 21st century sort of stuff to stop people from coming over as opposed to, you know, a 10-foot, high wall that people are always going to be able to to scale or things like that or dig under or or go through or or whatever I mean if if we're talking about billions of dollars
2: we we read every day how in Tijuana and all over the place they have these elaborate tunnels that go underneath the the wall that we've built right places where we have a wall so it's not an impenetrable wall and sooner or later someone's gonna figure it out and whether it's going to be in the middle of the desert where there's going to be a tunnel that pops you up to the other side that only has to be 10 feet 20 feet in length and they're going to build it. Um, so, Do you think that
0: there's a way that he says, trust me, I'm going to make Mexico pay? The Mexican president again says, we're there is not no paying.
2: no way yeah. in the world Mexico is going to pay for it, especially now. I mean, he's doing a good job with, I'm trying to take business that was going to go to Mexico to the U.S. So the Mexicans are going to be losing out, a, like a billion-dollar car plant that I heard on this and I read about the other day. Right, so they're going to be losing business at that, that. There's no way they're going to pony up and and pay for the wall.
0: Yeah, no. Thank, again, happened. again, I think again. I see, and I'm not. I don't want anybody listening to this to think that I am. I'm against border security. I am I'm very much in favor of border security and that to me that's the key to solving our Im- illegal immigration problem. You 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 got to deal with people who are in this country, but you've got to shut off you got to shut off the flow of people into the country. The question becomes how do you best do that? And if we're now talking about the US taxpayers congress having to come up with billions of dollars to invest how, how do we do that? in the best sort of fashion. And I would argue that there's lots of ways that are going to be a lot more effective than building the wall. Now, if you can then somehow cut this deal where you do get Mexico to pay for building the wall, you can always do that. But if we're going to be talking about an upfront investment of 5 to $10 billion, well, I'd, I'd rather spend it on high-tech stuff and cracking down on employers and things like that. Uh, Darren in River West. Darren, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
3: Hey, hey, good morning, Jeff. Yeah, I just really appreciate the talk. And I just... I mean that's I think this is uh, kind of a consistent thing we're going to find with our uh, President Trump. He's very good at rhetoric, good, good at hyperbole, sure. and really good at getting people fired up. But I mean the truth of the matter, they're not going to solve the immigration problem until they go after employers. So the challenge is the same people are on the side of the fence are saying, build this wall. They want the gate open because mm-hmm. there's industries are completely dependent on illegal immigrants. You go to any major food processing plant until they crack down, change the, the forms, the I-9 form, which is intentionally left loose so they can't, don't have to verify like uh, picture right. IDs and that sort of thing. So I think it's, it's a, a really big hypocrisy Because illegal immigrants are good. We want... They want cheap uh, labor. We don't have slaves anymore. So it's, there's an entire economy based on illegal immigrants.
0: Right. With, I mean, with people who are in this country illegally and the employers kind of turn a blind eye so they can pay them less than they might have to pay American workers um, for doing jobs that they say American workers don't want to do, which is a whole other story. But no, I, I'm yes. with you. I mean, I, I think you start off, you crack down on the employers. You do. You resume doing what President Bush was doing. You, you do more raids of these different workplaces that, especially in these industries, like you say, where they are exploiting the illegal aliens. And that's, you know, if you shut off the the job availability, you're right. You shut off the desirability of coming into this country.
3: Yeah, I, I just don't know. I think there's too much lobbying power on that on the corporate side to prevent that. Yeah, and but, I just I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Well, and again, I mean, look, and I understand this idea. I, I get the image of this big, impenetrable wall. I understand why that appeals to people. I really, really do. And especially if you say it's not going to cost us, being us the American citizens, any money, well, then it's even better. I mean, why not? We're not paying for it. I have never understood in the real world, how you're going to force Mexico to pay $10 billion to build this wall along the border. Now, if somebody else was paying for it, my reaction would be, "Eh, okay, I'm not sure this is really gonna be effective, but who cares, somebody else is paying for it, that's fine. But now it appears that at least up front, we are going to have to pay for it. Well, at that point in time, I think the taxpayers do need to start caring because then you have to have this conversation of if we're going to spend four or five or ten billion dollars on trying to devise an immigration plan, is this the best way to spend the money? Just saying. 1025, Jeff Wagner. 620, WTMJ. 1034 Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. We have our winner of the Run the Table Tailgate Award. We will continue to be giving away more prizes as the week rolls on. And actually, the plan is, as long as the Packers keep winning, we will keep doing it. So that is absolutely outstanding he's one of the few holdovers from their last Super Bowl run does Morgan Burnett think this year's team could make it that far check out Packers one-on-one with Greg Matzik up now at WTMJ.com sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin new generation RV and sound decisions of Racine hey here's a good piece of news uh, two Milwaukee men charged with stealing packages off of people's porches. Not that they were doing it, but they caught them. This was a story that we had talked about on you know multiple occasions. Apparently. It's gotten to be the big thing where people follow the UPS trucks or the Federal Express trucks or the Postal Service, and they watch them deliver packages on people's doors. This has been going on along the east side. They now have apparently caught the people that were involved in doing that, or at least that they believed were responsible for it. And to the surprise, or what should surprise nobody, as the reports are, the two guys that they caught, believe it or not, They have prior criminal records, and the way they were caught was kind of interesting. They're driving around in a car that has, like, out-of-date registration or no registration, no tags or something. The police pull them over, and then in the back of the car, they see just all these different packages addressed to all sorts of different people, and then they put two and two together. So this is a case of, again, just old-fashioned police work ending up uh, catching folks. All right, here's an interesting story. Last, Late last week, I, I commented on the fact that For the April elections, and I understand we've just gotten over one election, but we're starting another election season. And for the April elections, which are nonpartisan races, there would have potentially been one statewide contested race for one for state school superintendent and one for state Supreme Court justice. Annette Ziegler, who won her first 10-year term in 2007, is up for re-election. She will be running unopposed. Uh, She is a conservative justice. I think she does a very, very good job. But interestingly enough, the the left, the Democrats, and I understand it's nonpartisan, but these tend to, I think, break down on conservative liberal lines. They were unable to come up with an opponent for her. So she is running unopposed. As a matter of fact, this is causing all sorts of consternation in the Democratic Party. How was it that we weren't able to come up with a candidate? But while she is running unopposed, the reality is that there's a number of circuit court judges all throughout the state, and the vast majority of them are running unopposed. In Milwaukee County, for example, there is only one contested circuit court race, and all the incumbents have not drawn opponents. Nobody is running. So whenever we talk about you have this judge or that judge who's done this or that or the other thing, well, they'll be held accountable by the electorate. The answer is no. They're never held accountable by the electorate because nobody ever runs against them. As a practical matter, and there have been a couple exceptions, but just a couple. As a practical matter, once you win, once you get elected to your circuit court seat, you have a job for life unless – Unless you really screw up or occasionally what happens is if you've got a Democrat that appoints somebody in Waukesha County, they appoint a liberal. That person gets a challenge the first time they're up for reelection, vice versa in Milwaukee County. But as a general rule, once you are either appointed or certainly elected, you're never, ever going to draw an opponent again. And there's many reasons for that. And I've, I've made this point that, first of all, you know, being a circuit court judge is not that great a job. People call you your honor. You get to latch on to the state retirement system, and that's good. But you know the pay right now. Circuit court judges in the state make a hundred and let me see. I've got this right here. Make a hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars a year, which is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. Good lawyers though make a lot more than a hundred and thirty-one thousand dollars. So if you've got somebody who's on the partner track at a big law firm or something. You know, as a general rule, they're not going to be willing to, you know, give up that dough to go be a circuit court judge. So the, the money does act as a deterrent. I think there's also a lot of other people that just don't think being a judge is that great a job. So into this comes the chief justice of the state supreme court, Patience Rogensack, um, who I, I, I like Justice Rogensack, and she's been trying to make this push for a while. She is asking the legislature to raise the salary of judges she says judges in wisconsin are not being paid enough the salaries have slipped and so here's what she would like she would like to see the pay for circuit judges increased from 131 grand a year to 152 thousand a year a raise of $21,000. She'd like to see the pay for appeals courts judges raised from 139 to 161, again, 22 grand, and for the Supreme Court justices to go from 147 to 171,000, so 24,000. So she is arguing that the legislature should bump the salary of judges by 20-some thousand dollars. Now, you might be able to make the argument, it's been a while since circuit judges had a raise, and maybe you can make the argument or try to make the argument that a salary of $131,000 is not enough to attract quality people, and I guess maybe you could make that argument. You could make the argument that maybe it's just not fair to expect people to run for these jobs or work at these jobs and only make a paltry one hundred and thirty-one grand. But – I'm not sure there's too many people out there that have received twenty-two thousand dollar raises this year or any year. All right, let's tee this up. Our numbers are four one four seven nine nine one six twenty eight hundred eight seven seven one six twenty. That's the AccuNet Mortgage toll-free talk line. Again, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. She, she's not starting little. She's not saying, hey, we, we should we should give people a, a bump five thousand dollars or something like that. No, it's it's we should raise judges' salaries twenty. To 22 grand or 24 grand a year. As a taxpayer, what do you think about that? 414 799 1620 800 877 1620 That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll Free Talk Line. And what do you think is going to happen to the first legislature legislator that votes for increasing a judge's salary? By twenty some thousand dollars a year. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is the number we discuss in two minutes. Ten forty two, Jeff Wagner six twenty, WTMJ. Ten forty five, Jeff Wagner six twenty, WTMJ, uh, Chief Justice Rogansack from the United from the United States. The United States. The Wisconsin Supreme Court is back again and she's been making this point for the last year or two saying she believes judges in wisconsin are underpaid circuit court judges make a hundred and thirty one thousand dollars she wants to see them get a twenty thousand dollar raise four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is the number let's start with randy in heartland randy good morning You're on 620 T M J.
4: Good morning, Mr. Wagner. Hi. Thank you for taking over in the morning.
0: Well, I'm glad to have you with us. Thank you for calling. What do you think?
4: Well, you know, you are always on point, but this is one time I have to disagree with you. Okay. Okay. Because if we want just the run-of-the-mill folks to be our judges, we're going to get run-of-the-mill folks to be our judges. So, you know, and not that I want to see the taxpayers have to pay more out or anything, but if we take lower-paid lawyers, and I'm not busting on anybody who is a lawyer, Mm -hmm. and allow them to say, hey, I can get a pay raise to be this judge, Mm -hmm. no matter if it's Republican or Democrat, are we really serving the people of Wisconsin?
0: I guess here is my question. Let me flip it around on you. If, for example, in Milwaukee County, with none of the incumbents, I believe, are being challenged, do you believe that that's really because the job only pays $131,000, or if you were to raise the the salary by by 20 grand do you really think that you would get that many people who would run for the office that aren't now running for the office
4: well not necessarily and, and i and i don't want to be gray on you here, but it is you know i mean you, you do have your democrat and you do have your republican strongholds i mean let, let's face it mm-hmm. that's what it is you know but it's Let's face it, if you're a f- fantastic lawyer, and there are a lot of them out there, okay? Right. Because I have, a, I have a brother who is an attorney, too. And it is just one of those things where, you know, not all attorneys are bad people. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> I, I know. I, I'm with you. On it. No <laughs> argument for me there, Randy. Not, not at all, right?
4: But we do need good judges.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And, and, and sometimes they're left and sometimes they're right. But, you know, we want good judges because, you know, we all have to go to court eventually sometime. And we want good folks who are interpreting the law the way the law should be interpreted,
0: not... Right, and, and see, Randy, and I, I agree, I, I don't disagree with any of what you are saying, and I'm all in favor of people making as much money as they possibly can. I, I don't have an issue with that. But I, I am not, I will tell you, I am not convinced that the reason we have bad judges is because the job pays 131 grand. Um I, I just, I, I don't... I don't believe that's to be the case because the reality is, I mean, really good lawyers in the private sector, whether it's one hundred and thirty grand or one hundred and fifty grand, they're going to be making more money than that. That That's just that's just the reality. So generally speaking, what you are going to attract, the type of people running for judges, you're going to attract people from other avenues of the public sector, prosecutors, public defenders, you know, people in that aspect of of the system. Um, you, you might Attract some sole practitioners. But I guess my point is, I, I'm not convinced that it's the salary that is keeping people from running against judges. I'm not convinced that it is the salary that is keeping people from making the decision that they're not going to run for judges. Now, look, I, I do think that it is unreasonable to expect people to work at different jobs, and, and there never be any sort of salary increases. So, and this is the point, I guess. I've always tried to make since I've heard Chief Justice Rogansack talk about wanting to have salary increases. If you if you want to go to the legislature and say, look, judicial salaries have been frozen at this level for X period of time, and we we need to figure out a way, just in fundamental fairness, because you've got people who've been on the bench forever, and that's the other reality is once some, and this is another one that tells me that. Uh, judicial salaries aren't the reason why you have people who aren't seeking the job or bailing. Because the truth is, while you do have the occasional judge who leaves the bench before retirement to do other things, and I mean, I I know a handful of people who've done that, as a general rule, once somebody gets elected to the bench, they, they are there for life. I understand the terms are only six years or 10 years in the case of the Supreme Court. But, but they're, they're there for life. They almost never get opponents. So you don't have this massive turnover. Do you have some people that leave from time to time to go into the private sector? Yeah. And I understand that it gets to be a frustration for some people who've been on the bench for a while because they look and they see their law school classmates are making two and three and four times the amount of money they're making. And I understand there gets to be that frustration. But at the same time, You're never going to be able to pay the people in the public sector, the judges, you're not going to be able to pay what people in the private sector are making, and the reality is there's a lot of pressures if you're working in the private sector that you don't have in the public sector. If you're a judge, you, you get to decide how hard you want to work or how not hard you want to work. You know, you've you've got the state retirement things. It's as close to, and I'm not demeaning people who are judges, but you do not have anywhere near the pressures that you have if you're in the private sector. So here's the truth: if you're, and plus, I'm just trying to think of this from. A a political perspective, can you imagine any legislator, Republican or Democrat, that has to stand for election saying, yes, I increased the salary of of judges. I, I gave them $20,000 raises. Can you just imagine what the soundbite on the different ads are going to be when you end up doing that? I mean, really, you're going to give them 20 dollars Again, I think if I were the Chief Justice and I were trying to lobby the legislature for increases, my remark would be, all right, just say, hey, they haven't had a raise in X amount of time, and, and maybe what they should do is we sh- we should try to give them an extra three grand or something like that, or maybe develop a long-term plan to try to increase it. But trying to go and say, we, we want $22,000, what would be the phrase? Oh, yeah, non-starter. Jeff in Wawatosa. Jeff, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning.
3: Hey, Jeff. Um, I think that the, the $20,000 raise is insane. If these people want to make that much money, they should go work in the private sector, but um, the main reason why I think it's insane is that the thought of giving someone like Shirley Abramson a $20,000 raise. <laughs> right it makes me want to look for some anti
0: nausea medicine <laughs> well or a lot i mean thanks i mean or a, look I, I whenever i do this i get letters i get emails from i i know i know many people who are on for example the circuit court bench and there's really good lawyers who are on the circuit court bench who are really good judges and there's so so lawyers who are so so judges and there's bad lawyers and that who are you know not good judges and you know in some respects it's unfair that you pay the bad judges who are politically connected or whatever who don't work very hard it, it's unfair that you pay them the same amount that you pay the the really good judges for whom the law is a calling and they're brilliant and, and but that's kind of the the nature of the, this beast but at the same time if you want to start giving some if you want to talk about raises fine uh, if you want to say we haven't had a raise in it forever let's get 3 grand like i say 22 grand i mean really Jerry in Appleton Jerry you're on 620 WTMJ good morning oh.
3: Oh hi Jeff! Hi, Thanks Jerry. for taking my call. Sure. Well, I was I, you kind of stole my thunder. I did. I no sooner told uh, your screener what I was going to say, and then I heard you kind of talking along the same line. But I said it, it's whether they deserve that amount or whether that's the right amount is is one thing. But I said that psychologically, <laughs> trying to give them a twenty thousand dollar year increase isn't very palatable with the public.
0: Right, especially uh, when they're already making one hundred thirty one yeah. grand. I mean, try I said, to I, try to yeah, sell that. Yeah, you know. no, go ahead. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, I said I, I used the analogy. I said. I used to own rental property years ago, and I found out that uh, you're much better off to raise the rent $10 every year than try to wait five years and raise it $50 a month. Well, you're well, in the same spot, but psychologically it isn't the same. Oh,
0: no, right. It, it is. It's just, I mean, th- this is something that you, you aren't going to be able to sell. And again, I, I appreciate, I, I think the whole idea, and it very much troubles me, that judges don't have opponents. I just don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's good for democracy. I don't think it's good for the legal system because again, when we talk about, you know, some of these crazy decisions that get made by some judges and everybody says, well, there's an election coming up in two years. No, it doesn't matter because people aren't going to run against them. If, if you could convince me That by increasing the salary, you would substantially increase the likelihood that some judges might get challengers and and good challengers and and challengers maybe from different walks of life. I I think I might be more receptive to it, but I'm not convinced that that is the case at all. But again, again, I'm with you, Jerry. This idea that we're going to bump the salaries 20 grand all at once, uh, that is a tough sell in the extreme. It's 1055. This is Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. 1057 Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ coming up in less than 10 minutes. Hey, if you work retail, um, there might be something coming your way that you will very much enjoy. We will be talking about that, like I say, in about 10 minutes. This is in the category of no good deed goes unpunished. The you know, Barack Obama is going to be giving the, this farewell speech tomorrow night at Chicago's McCormick Place. And the, the tickets are are free. Free tickets were available first come first serve basis, starting Saturday morning. Several thousand people stood in line uh, to wait for tickets um, by seven a m that the tickets were essentially you know sold out. Uh, the crowds had gone so large that all available tickets would would be ended up being scooped up so you, you got these tickets well. All right, the idea was it's going to be free. This is we're going to give the speech to the people. Well, you know what of course happens is a whole bunch of the people who got tickets, they don't want to hear Obama give a speech. What they do is they take the tickets, they turn around and then they post them on various, you know, online sites. These free tickets to the event are now going for as much as $5,000. On some of the, again, the, the Craigslist and those types of things. So these folks got the free tickets, they turned around, and now they are selling them for hundreds or in some cases, you know, thousands of dollars. Now, the folks, you know, who stood in line are unhappy, who didn't get tickets are, of course, unhappy about this. A lot of the Obama people are very unhappy about this as well, saying, we wanted to turn this into a free event. This is, the idea was this was not going to be a money making activity. And I understand that this This happens all the time. You know, the brewers do these giveaways where you can go get the Garden Gnome for free, and the next thing you know, you see it that's listed on Craigslist for hundreds of dollars or or whatever. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that are out there making money. It's a free world. Um, I would argue that if you could pay $5,000 for this free ticket, that might be God's way of telling you that you have too much money. But that's a whole other story. But you know, this idea of giving away these free tickets – You've you got to come up with a better solution if you really want the event to be free, because there's going to be a lot of people that use it as a money-making opportunity. Just saying. 1059 Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ.